Hello, it's Thursday morning, it's um, 7.22, I'm up and dressed and we will be leaving shortly, my son and I, to drive up to Dave's place and we're going to join Dave and Dave is driving us all to uh, Birmingham later today and we hope to be there in the early afternoon to set up the Free League stall. Welcome, this is a very unusual beginning that may not even make the edit to effect episode 162, I think. We'll edit that in later. Um, Yeah, and this is just a little test of the microphone because it's about, well, this is our outside broadcast microphone and I haven't used it because I haven't been outside really for the last couple of years. Let's see how it goes. Anyway, I'm just going to do a little bit more guitar practice and then um, I'm going to wake the boy up and get him ready to, um, to get in the car. See you soon. So, uh, we're in Dave's car. Um, I'm Matthew, and this is Dave. So I'm, Dave. I'm Dave. I'm driving, though. So, <laughs> so, welcome to episode 162 of the Effect Podcast. We're joined by our player in Hammam, well, rather, our player in the back of the car, uh, uh, Tom. Say hello, Tom. Uh, hi, I'm Tom. There you go. That's more enthusiastic that on the second yeah, take. Excellent. And uh, we're crossing the road now. This is this is a time when Dave really ought to concentrate. I am concentrating. It's fine. I can talk and concentrate at the same time. Though. Yeah, I, they've done studies on this, and I don't it think you different. can. It is different if you are on the phone as opposed to being talking, talking to somebody, somebody actually in the, the car. That's because that somebody in the car notices all the dangerous things that are happening, <laughs> and you can kind of hear it in the jacket. And then hangs on to do it live to the handholds that are around the car. All those tiny signals that make the driver more aware of the situation. Well, anyway, but we're on our way to UK Games Expo. Let's get back on topic, Dave. That's a good idea. We have a bit of a drive, but we are now on our way. So this is the uh, first little bit of conversation we've got which is just teeing us up for the rest of the weekend yeah Woo. i won't tell dave that actually i've already recorded it you know, have you yeah okay damn well, i wasn't going to tell you that uh, <laughs> and i what, thought how good the, is that the more introductions we can do at least one of them will be quite good when we edit it together <laughs> uh, yeah okay i mean like this one as opposed to the last one we recorded about 10 seconds ago as because opposed, yeah. you were holding the microphone in the wrong the place yeah, yeah. yeah okay cool yeah good you know it's it's 18 months since i've used this microphone as usual our professionalism knows no bounds (laughs) we know no professionalism Um, (laughs) 
There's quite a lot, I'm actually quite a lot of engine noise on this one, so... Let's call I it a day then. We yeah. might call it a day until maybe we stop for coffee. Sounds good. So I just started with a lovely opening to this session for Matt to go, I'm not recording yet, so I'd start again. But here we are, it's at about half past six on the Thursday. We are in the show preview. Uh, at the moment we only had one person come up so far, that was Pookie, who's going to do some reviews of the two games that we are... Uh, are showcasing here. That's uh, Al Barator, The Haunted Waste of Simbaroon, and of course the Dlemion Marines Operators Manual. What are your impressions so far then? This is weird, being here this early and seeing everybody set up. You know, we started setting up in a pretty empty hall, yeah. and our neighbours have been setting up around us. Uh, well, we've the, been the first thing up. we did do though, was put up the uh, alien role-playing game banner, yeah. and put it on a table. Yeah, yeah. So strapped it to the table. Nobody could come into the hall without seeing it. And it looks great. It does look good. Yeah. We've got prime position. Um, so I would say if you're coming to see us, uh, I know, you, but you won't, us, you won't but be hearing this. You won't be hearing this until after we're finished. No. And, so uh, now we've got uh, oh, here ooh, the guys on tabletop on guys tabletop. are coming in our direction. Yeah, we were rudely interrupted. We, weren't, we rudely. weren't at all. We were very we welcome. Very, very nicely interrupted, interrupted actually. Uh, by a lovely couple of guys from on tabletop who are the official media partner of um, UK Games Expo. Indeed. They, um, they didn't stop to do an interview with us uh, right now, even though it's the press preview, because they want to come and see us at the stand and talk about everything freely. Talk about everything freely. And they were very, very uh, positive, glowing in their comments on how much they love uh, everything that freely do. Yeah. And, and we were able to correct them on their pronunci pronunciation of Versen. Well done, Dave. And then Matt got into a big... Well, actually, this is, this is the moment they left. Because Matt then started going on about my pronunciation of Feng Shui, Feng Shui, Feng Feng, whatever. And, they, and their eyes glazed over it and they left. So, um, yeah. So you think it's my fault, I, I, They'd already I'm, I'm, said we're coming to I see I don't think it's your fault. I think... I know it's your and fault. And actually, did you see the code? The code was, we're coming to see you tomorrow when he's not there. <laughs> So yeah, so here we are, um, Friday morning, 7 o'clock, waiting for our breakfast to arrive, having just missed a great opportunity to open this segment by hearing us order our breakfasts, which that would have been, been fabulous. It would have been the perfect segue, but no, Matthew decided not to put the recording on. Well done, you. But it's just about numbers. So I was chatting to John, and he was saying that uh, they've the sold sort of 4,500 tickets for the Friday... Something like five and a half, or a bit more maybe for Saturday, and maybe a bit less for Sunday. But he was hoping that Friday's going to be quite quiet, because again, there's still a bit of concern out there about whether people want to come to a convention or not quite yet. Then people will see that the convention is quiet, so loads will come on Saturday, and then it'll be really busy. There you go. Check this out. Oh, Who wants to be next? Oh, he can. I was, I was, yeah, second, I was second with the burger last night. So. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I just want to point out that the beans are in a separate pot, which is how Tom likes his beans. Okay, good. That's really cool. Excellent. Um, yeah, and the, so anyway, finishing the finishing the point of all these two talk about their breakfast um, was then that the thought people might look and, and your see. Your breakfast is coming out. There you go. Again. Lovely. Thank you very Can much. Can I get you any sauce? I'm good, thanks. A bit of brown sauce, please. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And that, now that's the most exciting part of this segment, that Matthew wants brown sauce with his breakfast. But anyway, so my, my final point was that having peop, people may, went, may well then see 
that there's a lot of people on Saturday, so I go, ooh, I'm not going there, it's too busy, so Sunday might be really quiet. Um, we will obviously see, but um, yeah, hopefully we'll get a good turnout. Yeah. Now I'm going to have my breakfast now. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoy. So it's the beginning of day two, Dave. Or day three for us. Or day three for us. Day three working, day two for public opening. Indeed. And yesterday I feel that it was great. Uh, I mean, it wasn't massively busy, but it was a constant stream of people. We sold a lot. Of a lot. We had we had enough time, with the three of us on, we had <clears> enough time for breaks and stuff like that. But we didn't really have enough time for breaks to go and wander through the rest of the exhibition. No, and it was it was it was you know like like a roller coaster. So we would have a moment where suddenly there'd be nobody at the stand. Yeah, and we'd all go ah, a moment to break, and then you turn around and turn back again, and then it would be full of completely yeah. Yeah. okay. There's five people need talking to, which is great, really good. So I think we sold we sold a lot. We're about a third of the way through um, uh, Colonial Marines. More than in uh, fact, actually, Colonial Marines. Yeah, and which today is good. It's probably going to be busier. Yeah, so I would expect us to sell maybe. 50% of our original stock today. Yeah. So that will leave us about maybe 15 for tomorrow. Tomorrow. Cool. Which is good. And that's that's a really popular seller. Our Berator's not selling as quickly no. as I expected. But um, but we were talking about this yesterday, weren't we? We were yeah. thinking that it's quite possible that being the fifth book, mm. people have got four books. They may well not have played through all four books yeah. yet. Or Every chance. if they're a player, they might not want to buy it because their GM is going to play through mm -hmm. it. So... Thing, that might be why it's not flying off the shelves like the Colonial Marines. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, this are. is, if you like, Colonial Marines is actually the very first campaign for aliens, isn't it? Yes. So it's like the first of the um, campaign of books. The first of the Thorns. Thorns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we might pick up today. We've cool. had a few people who are interested in Sundrum. We've had quite yeah. a lot of conversations about it. Uh, it just doesn't really it hasn't translated so far into into a lot of sales. And one of the things I want to make time for today is maybe the two of us, but maybe it'll have to only be one of us, um, having a chat with um, Neil, who is one of our patrons, obviously. And, yes, yes. And the biggest Simbaroom fan among our patrons, I think. Yeah. To be honest, so we can talk with him about Simbaroom, but also we can talk with him about his dice Kickstarter. He does. Exactly. Yeah. Neil, Neil, Neil through his. Uh, Paladin role playing. Paladin role playing. Thank you. Is kickstarting some di dice sets at the moment. Science yeah, fiction and he's been listening to us. Yes, yeah. so I, I really feel these are for you and me, Dave. You think? Which is why I bought three sets. Um, yeah, I banked it too. Uh, and he's fulfilled. He fulfilled it in the first five hours. He said. Yeah. Um, but this will go out. It'll still be running. It certainly will still be running. Yeah. yeah so uh, yeah, look it up. Um, Paladin role playing. And some uh, nice, nice coloured dice. With a with the futuristic uh, numbers on, yeah, not too futuristic, not too decorated. Because I know how 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 little you like dice with loads of screws. I hate over on. over over decorated yeah. dice. Yeah, and for me, sadly, like the Coriolis dice, falling into that. I I think I've probably got a set. I don't yeah. think I've ever used them simply because I find it almost impossible to read the bloody number. Yeah, uh, and similarly with the, I'm not a big fan of the Forbidden Lands dice either. Oh, I know. I so, quite like the Forbidden Lands dice, but um, I like the Versa ones because they're simple. Yeah, and you know, they do what a dice should do, which is roll and give you a result, and you haven't got to change onto three different pairs of glasses or squint or get a magnifying glass to work out what the hell it's saying. The Alien dice are nice. The Alien dice are excellent. I love those. Yeah. Um, is it worth us talking about the price of the dice that we're selling here? They're expensive. They're very expensive. 
But I tell you what, they make the Alien starter set look really good value. Yeah, and we've sold a lot of that, actually, yeah. so far. And I guess the good thing with that is people will buy that. And if they like Alien, they'll then go and buy the core book. Yeah, yeah. And they've already bought themselves dice and stuff already, and they've already got Chariot of the Gods. Yeah. And then they can get the you know the really good opening scenario, which is obviously Hope's Last Day. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. Um, so what's your... Um, what's your ambitions for today so I would like to as I say make some time to talk to Neil but also yeah. I would like to just get out there and see the other stands yeah me too um, it might be a tough one actually because today's probably going to be busier than busiest. yesterday we may end up doing we might that, have to do tomorrow. that tomorrow yeah. yeah that's what I was thinking I might, I might, it might be nice to just have a quick walk around for half an hour today yeah spy I, out what I want to look at and we'll do, spend to more do time that when we're quiet yeah. yeah well I think definitely you, you, um, we should let Tom and I should let you do that quite early this morning okay that sounds cool I'm happy with that um, uh, it's coming up to 20 to 9 and yeah, not far off opening for second day and at quarter to 9 I think I'm going to go over to um, we're kind of doing this in partnership with Games Quest Games Quest so they've got all our petty cash and I've got to go and get our petty cash and maybe um, a pricing gun we need a pricing gun although what I have done is put some prices on those cards that um, okay cool we're selling quite well in Morkborg we are Merc, actually go on Merkboyer Merkboyer now I might even buy a copy later on yeah so um, although having had a quick look at our, our kind of show copy it wasn't as exciting to nah, flick well, through as I thought <laughs> but I didn't really read it I did just flick through so yeah, I'll like maybe actually, read the first the reading, couple of pages the reading is fun as yeah. well actually um, but well, I mean, I'm in I'm in I'm in a spending mood today I wasn't yesterday mm. I feel like I want to buy something that's either a big book wrapped in cellophane or a box wrapped in cellophane it doesn't really matter what it is just, I just want to buy something you're so jealous of all these people walking around well yeah with bags packed full of boxes of lovely stuff, stuff. yeah um, and people do spend a lot, actually. Oh, the, see the guy yesterday. He's, he was a big guy. Yeah, you know, probably yeah, six. Stop that. Yeah. I have no idea what any of these announcements It's a message for something to do with these chimes, but who it's for and what those chimes actually mean, I have no idea. You know, I'm going to use some of this recording as maybe our, our opening credit sequence uh, <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. Did you understand any of that? Because we didn't. Um, yeah. So where was it? Yeah. So um, yeah, did, we were talking about uh, yeah people buying swag, being jealous, and yeah. And there was this guy yesterday. It was, it was heavy book. Oh fuck off! <laughs> You're lying, it's 20 minutes. I did understand that though. Oh, yeah. Well done. Right. Third time lucky for yeah. this bit of the podcast. Right Dave's then. telling his anecdote, <laughs> it's time for a PA. <laughs> yes. They've got a camera on us there. So you see. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, there's this guy uh, at the stall yesterday. Big guy, quite a heavy set guy, but quite big, you know, six foot something. You know, strong looking guy. And he had an enormous rucksack on mm -hmm. which is kind of the size of the kind of army rucksacks you get yeah. when you're on manoeuvres packed to the gills absolutely bursting with games with games and then he had two bags in his left hand big carry bags bursting with games and a bag in his right hand 
bursting with games. Um, I have seen some real professionals, not this year actually, but previously, who came with a giant suitcase. Oh yeah, was on wheels. On wheels. Yeah. And they just filled up the suitcase with games as they went around. And that was a, that's quite a good idea, mm. even if you look a, like a bit of a dick doing it. But it's uh, well, none of our listeners would look like dicks, so we should give them that idea. That's true. Yeah. So if you know if you're going to a convention at any point in the future, obviously you're not going to be coming here because you're only hearing this after, after the this event. Is done. I, I did bring my laptop in the vague thought that I would be sitting there editing this together after the day. <laughs> maybe tomorrow. Maybe get it out tomorrow. Tomorrow might be really quiet. Yeah, we should maybe. see. We should see. But we're not, I haven't done any editing yet. And no. by God, there's going to need to be a lot of editing here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Is that, that enough, enough for now? Yeah, yeah. I think that's all we can say about uh, this morning. And we will keep you informed of any witty anecdotes that uh, occur as long as the PA system lets us count the anecdote. And as we were saying anecdote. on the way in... Anecdote. Anecdote. <laughs> And, and, and it's got a coat. And yeah. as we said on the way in, uh, nerds who are about to shop, we salute Look you. <laughs> Here we are. It's for our strangest players in Hamam ever, because we're not in a Hamam, and yet we are in a social environment a bit like a Hamam, which we, we're never in a Hamam when we record this. And we're in Weatherspoons. We're in Weatherspoons in the NEC, and we are with Neil. And Neil, who is otherwise known on our Discord as Paladin Neil, is the head honcho of Paladin yeah, Gaming? Yeah, I guess so. Role-playing. You always I'm get that wrong. I always get that wrong. <laughs> Paladin role-playing, yeah. Um, so, Neil, we always ask our guests, tell us about your life in gaming. How did it start? Do you know, I actually don't really remember how I first got into it. It's a funny thing. Um, that's really weird. Yeah, it is, isn't it? For something that's become such an important part of my life. Uh, but that's not uncommon for me. I can't remember a lot of things when I was younger. I find it amazing that people can. Certainly, I started playing D and D or AD and D as it was mm-hmm. back in the day, uh, which was second it's, edition. It's funny because I went and bought D and D in a box set that came from Games Workshop, but it, yeah. I got it from my local department store. I remember. Actually, I remember exactly how I remember cycling to go and, and to go and buy it and it being strapped to the bike rack on the way back. So, um, so that yeah, that's weird. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, well, it's, and I think what happened. But I never is, played that box set. Oh, didn't you? Then I went to the school club. They were all playing AD and D, so that's okay. why I started playing. Yeah. And then I had to get all those books for Christmas. Anyway, carry on. This is your life, not yeah, mine. Yeah. No. Um, so I think what happened is, so I remember playing with my friend Ali when I was a young teenager. Uh, no, in fact, less younger than that. Uh, and I got in touch with him recently to see if he remembered and. He doesn't what, remember. In, in preparation for this interview, that yes, is. exactly. That's brilliant. And uh, he doesn't remember either. So somehow he got me into it, um, and so I was a player of D and D, and then somehow I came across a games workshop, and I bought Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, mm. and I started GMing that. And so those two were my games right, for yeah. mainly Warhammer. And this was first edition Warhammer. First edition Warhammer, yeah, yeah. yeah um, which I've still got on my shelf today. I'm pleased brilliant. to say. Uh, and, do you know, I, of course this is pre-internet, mm-hmm. and so I didn't really appreciate that there was a whole world, like a community of role-playing out there. Mm-hmm. I just had these games that and I you played. you were living in, what, South Wales? This, no, this was London. This London? was London. Oh, yeah, right. I was born and brought up in London. So this is northeast London suburbs, mm-hmm. Woodford. Um, oh, thank you. So not that far, actually, from where Dave and I, we were playing in Hertfordshire. So, uh, yeah, so not a million miles. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, so I didn't kind of appreciate there were. I didn't even think there might be other role playing. So you didn't go to. I mean, you're a little bit younger than me, but we used to go quite regularly to Games Day, which was Games Workshop's big convention at the Royal Horticultural Hall okay. in London. You didn't, no, didn't know anything about that. Uh, no. yeah. I I was quite content to play my Warhammer and D and D. Read um, what's it called White Dwarf. White Dwarf, yeah. yeah. And occasional issue of Dragon. You know there were classified ads that indicated why the Well, I can't. I must have paid no attention to them whatsoever. I think <laughs> just in my own little bubble, and that that was it really for years. I started GMing when I think I was eleven or twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, right. So how how young do you think you were when you first started? I, well, I, th- I think probably I started playing when I was about eleven. Right. Okay. And yeah, then yeah, started yeah. GMing shortly after. Yeah. Right. Um, God knows what kind of job I made of GMing when I was that age, but hey, <laughs> we enjoyed it. So yeah. you know that's fine. <laughs> weren't any YouTube tutorials in those days. Um, so yeah, and then like a lot of people, I kind of drifted out of it um, as I got older, mm-hmm. and just kind of kept a toe in the water a little bit but not seriously and then funny enough it was here UK Games Expo um, a number so you of had years discovered back. conventions by then yes <laughs> well, now we're, we're kind of fast forwarding now to much more recently and I'd, I'd actually watched some Critical Role mm-hmm. and it reminded me how much fun gaming was but also a long campaign because that's my joy I love a long deep epic campaign so um, I came to UK Games Expo looking for a game, knowing that I wanted to buy a game that I was going to play. Right. Um, that and was campaignable. Yeah. And so I picked up the new edition of Warhammer, fourth edition. I think it only just come out. And I picked up... Fourth edition, was that the one with, from Fantasy Flight that had all the counters? And... No, no, no. That's the one everyone hates. That's the, That's third, the edition. third edition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Warhammer people hate that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as a rule uh, someone will be shouting at the podcast now it's great it's great uh, yeah. but there's always one it's always one yeah, yeah. people like D&D 4th edition <laughs> that's true yeah yeah that's what they say um, and I picked up Shadows Vestron mm. because it's beautiful but I, I looked at them and Warhammer's way the new Warhammer's way too crunchy for me mm. So that put me off. And Estrin's beautiful, but the books are laid out in a horrible way. Oh, Almost yeah. unusable, I think, as a, you know, as a resource or at the table. And, and I played a game that weekend of something, I can't remember what. And one of the players, at the end, when we were chatting, he said, we were talking about what else we'd done that weekend. And he said, oh, I played this game, this Swedish game, called Simbaroo. And I said, I've never heard of it. And he was sort of describing it. And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. So I went into the trade hall. I had a wander around. Found the Free League store. And in fact, I was, it was quite late on the Sunday. I, I really wanted to go home. I was exhausted. So I just picked up the book. I thought, this is beautiful. And I said and to the guy, is. and it is. I said to the guy behind the stall, is this, is this all I need? Just this one book to get going? And he said, yes, it is. So I said, I'll buy it. And then the funny thing was, he said, uh, would you like me to sign it? And, and, I, and I said, uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, he signed it. And then he gave it to his buddy who signed it. Yeah. And I, you could obviously see me looking slightly blank. And he said, oh, he said, oh, I'm the lead writer and this is the illustrator. Right, and that was Martin. And so, yeah, yeah, I've got a yeah. signed copy from Matthias really? and Martin, which is fantastic. <laughs> I, of course, now I wish I'd have stayed and had a chat with them. Yeah. I didn't know who they were <laughs> yeah. at the time. So, and, and that was that. And that got me into Simbroom. And as you know, that's now my, by far my, my main game. It's brilliant because at uh, UK Games Expo yesterday, 
I had jokingly brought a gold pen. So if, if anybody asks us to sign anything, yeah. I've got a gold pen for us. And then Dave came to me and said, where's that gold pen? Who wants us to sign Thank you. People want your signatures. Amazing. So that, that was fun. Um, that, that, yeah, so I was about to say, was it freely or was it modifious or, back in those days? But Because um, they were kind of... I didn't know how long Freely had been here at UK. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, well, that, yeah, must yeah, have been Obviously, yeah. obviously yeah. it wasn't two weeks from the difference. It, it certainly wasn't, no. No, it was the... No, themselves. No. Brilliant. And and so Simbroom, yeah, you're fully into. Uh, have you produced stuff for the Free League Workshop? I have, I have. I've made a very, very little House Rules supplement, which is just my House Rules, only a few pages, which is on there for a quick or something. I first come across you in a sort of... Was there a... An Iron Ring community or something? Um, yeah, the, you, I, I've dipped in and out of those kind of bits, but yeah. that's probably not how you would have... Okay. Yeah, okay. no, I suspect. Anyway, um, you found I, the podcast and that's great. And you're one of our yes, That's exactly. great. So, what are the, your best things about? We don't talk about Syndrome enough on the podcast, so... I agree. still sponsoring us. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, just sell Syndrome to all our listeners to whom we normally sell... Uh, the other three league games too. What 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 are your your favourite things about Simbroom? I For me, and I know not everyone wants this in a game, but for me, the thing I love about Simbroom is the the political intrigue mm. and the scheming. And the way the Throne of Thorns campaign is written is very much that a lot of big stuff in the world is going to happen. Whatever the player, whatever whatever you do, and some of it you can influence, of mm. course. Some of it you can't. And that gives a real sense of a living, breathing world mm. that's going on. Uh, and you get to meet, of course, all the major players. You get to meet the Queen and the you know, the heads of all the various factions. And I really enjoy that. And I love the fact that the players then can, well, not can, are forced to choose which side they're on. Mm. And in Simbroom, there's no clear goodies and baddies. No. Everyone's kind and of out like for themselves. In, in yeah, exactly. exactly. Although there are some clear baddies, but... There are no clear goodies. Yeah, they? yeah, right. <laughs> and I think that's brilliant because it it forces some hard choices. It, it very much encourages some interesting role playing. Mm-hmm. You know, when when push comes to shove, which of these two potentially slightly dubious factions are we going to back? Because we have to back one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that kind of stuff that I really like. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's really brilliant. cool. Player facing Simbaroom. Yes. So Dave doesn't like that. He doesn't, does he? No, what, you're GMing it, yeah. so you never get to roll dice, even though you make dice. Yes, that's true. So how do you feel about that? I think it's, I think it's fine. I mean, honestly, it, it doesn't really bother me. I wouldn't mind if I had to roll dice, and I don't mind that I don't. Um, I think one thing with player facing is it really encourages... Oh, no, it not encourages, but it makes the players feel like they're in charge of their fate more. Even though, of course, they're rolling dice. They're not judging yeah. anything. It's random. Yeah. But, you know, rather than just telling them, you know, if I roll the dice and say, oh, you've been hit, that's one thing. But if they roll the dice for the defence mm-hmm. and then they're hit, it feels quite different as a player. And I think that's yeah. quite good. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And the other thing that Dave doesn't like, and Andy, who's our other big Simbaroon fan, yeah. well, we've got a few Simbaroon fans, but Andy's one of them. But Andy doesn't like the fixed damage. Which actually I kind of enjoyed. So in the short campaign we ran, I was playing uh, an ogre, mm-hmm. um, mute ogre, generally. 
uh, which is great for a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. But I did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what I, I really liked about the fix, the fix damage, that I could kind of wade into a crowd of little people that could mm, yeah. hurt me. And it just felt a bit like I was the Hulk, you know. Yeah. Was, you know and that, that felt good to me. Yeah. And, and But Dave would, would kind of like it. And uh, there have been, I remember the game of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, where I was some hero and some little grotling actually mm-hmm. did the death blow on me. Yeah. And that was fun too. But but I kind of like the way fixed damage works in this game. Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, so, of course, in, in Simbroom, the, the amount of damage an enemy uh, gives is fixed, but you roll armour. So it's still a random amount, to a certain extent. Um, it's I, At the end of the day, you, you're getting a... It's a device for getting a reasonable number at the end, and, and so and it works. The as well. Yeah, yeah, and combats in, in Simbroom fast. You don't get any of these D and D sort of three hour combats. No, no, no. Um, we, which we all hate those. Great. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, now, briefly, because uh, we're running out of time, I've got to um, get the petty cash and open up the store shortly. But I've got a game to get. One to. of the main reasons we brought you here was you're in the middle of a Kickstarter, yes. and this is about. Half your life now, isn't it? Uh, Aladdin yes, role playing and dice manufacture. It is now. Briefly, I just want to. I just want to get credit in here for saying we went on at you for ages. What about sets of D six? Yeah, and you're doing yes. sets of D six. Yes. So this is a whether you're a Simbaroon player, he's got polyhedrals as well, obviously. But if you're if you're a free league player, there are now loads of different D six sets. So tell us about your latest Kickstarter. So I thought there weren't enough decent sci fi themed dice on the market so spent a frankly ridiculous amount of time trying to work out how to make them look good and and getting prototypes done and all that kind of thing so they're resin dice um two color a transparent color and an opaque color sort of swirled in together Mm -hmm. to give a sort of a nebula like effect that's the idea very nice looking and then there's a quite a small amount of chunky silver glitter in the transparent color Mm. which is supposed to look like stars in the sky so they don't look like glittery dice as such. Um, and then a, a sort of a science fiction-y kind of font for the yeah, numbers. Yeah, nice, clear um, typeface for the numbers, yeah, I thought. good. That's what Just a little bit on. of science fiction. Yeah, exactly. Not too modernism to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, and we got... Uh, this is only day four or five, I think, something like that. It was before I left to come here. So I've been here four days. It must be day five. Maybe now. five then, yeah. Or six, something, anyway, something like that. And we got funded in the first five hours, which was amazing. And we've already hit the first two stretch goals. Um, and each stretch goal is going to unlock a new colour. And the backers get to vote which colour comes next. Really? Which is always a lot of fun. Oh, I, have I missed out on voting? Oh, you might have done. Right, I'm, you're I'm, getting on the next one. Right. Yeah, and as you say, uh, polyhedral sets, D6 sets, and D10 sets. And you can either even get uh, individual dice as add-ons if you want a crazy made-up set for, mm-hmm. a, for an odd game cool. or for your character or whatever you need. Cool. And D10 sets, of course, are useful for... Na- no, not for nothing. <laughs> D10 sets are useful for, for vampire players and yeah, World, of Darkness, World of Darkness things. And uh, maybe some other things. Legend of the Five Rings does D10 as well. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Of course, next year people will be demanding sets of D12s, but, but we're going to end the interview there because... You've got a game in I've got a few game, minutes. And they're called Starfarer Dice. Oh, yeah. So, so how do you, we find... We'll, if you go to Kickstarter and just search for Starfarer, uh, then that will find them. Brilliant. And we will also put the link in the show notes. Thank you very much. 
Terrific. Thanks very much, Neil. It's been a great chat. And uh, see you, everybody. Cheers. Live from UK Games Expo. So here we are now, nearly 24 hours after the event closed. And uh, we've just got together to have a little chat and um, sort of like muse over our thoughts and feelings of uh, of the of the um, of the convention. But I think there's a couple of things that we didn't talk about that happened on that last day. And first and foremost, well, it's almost exactly 24 hours since we were on stage, Dave. That's true. It is almost exactly 24 hours since we were on stage. And for those of you who might have watched the YouTube video, which is a really professional and, and well-run thing, um, about 15 minutes long, you'd have seen the four seconds I'm on screen and the four seconds that Matthew's on screen. It was excellent. Yeah, they didn't give us much time for speeches, did they, Dave? Well, you know, they, they I told them beforehand that I had a, a full 10-minute speech to give, you know, thanking everybody. <laughs> um, and, and funnily enough, they banned all speeches there and then. But, you know, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. no opportunity yeah. for speeches. Uh, it was a very fast, you know, almost like a relay race run thing, which is fine because uh, it, it took 20 Get minutes. Get your anyway. trophy and your certificate. But we yeah, haven't exactly. actually fully explained like, what we were like, what like, we were collecting. I think you know, before you get it, it's just like uh, uh, the whole thing is like, hello, well done. Here's your trophy. Now get out of the way yes. for the next one. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, go on. Although, of course, the guests that were giving the trophies would never be as impolite as you have just said. The that guests, was all unsaid, no, wasn't that, it? That is true. What? Well, yeah, they were very yeah. nice. I'm, I'm not entirely sure who they all were. Um, but I think one of them does something on Twitter. Um, John John Robinson, I think his name is. John Robinson. He um, may do something on Twitter. Maybe we should follow him and I find out what it I is he does on Twitter. do anything on Twitter. So, sorry, John. Um, I've... I've don't really know who you are, but um, you had a big smile. But John wasn't the one who gave me my award. It was one of the guys from the Jolly Boat crew. Yeah. And that was, it was really nice. Very nice and smiling. And it was a Jolly Boat crewman that um, that gave me my award too. Oh, yeah. And I say uh, my award and your award, of course, these aren't technically our awards, either of them, are they? Um, no. well, now um, you're going to claim credit. They are, Shall we explain they are, they what are, awards they, it was they, we were collecting? Three league awards. And uh, there are there are team efforts, aren't they? And some of us were lucky enough to work on some of them, and uh, you know. So I do feel a okay. little bit like the Destroyer of Worlds judges and People's Choice Awards. Oh, a little bit mine. You've got I, a little bit I, of I credit. Did contribute that a fair one. chunk to, to, to the um, to the effort to produce that 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 campaign, that scenario. But obviously, uh, Drew Gasker, Thomas, and everybody else, you know. Um, so my contribution is a small part of the yeah, much bigger team, but it was brilliant to have had the chance to do that, and it was great. You know, I was I was actually I've, you know, I've, I haven't collected an award for anything uh, since I was at school, and mm-hmm. um, I was quite excited. I would have been very disappointed if we hadn't won, and then I was really excited to get the chance to to actually just go up and get it. And now we only walked up there and shook the guy's hand, had the picture taken, and walked off. But yeah, yeah. it was a really proud moment for me actually, because you know. I've I've worked on now on two things that have won won awards, which is brilliant. Yeah, no, it, it is very good. And uh, I had an Andy, our patron Andy, wanting to remind us that although we didn't win the judges' award for best role playing game, we won the popular vote for best role playing game 
But uh, we could claim, I think, a little bit of the credit for the Judges Award for role-playing game as well because it's the D sanction which we have very much enjoyed playing and fed back on and uh, done done book club of as well. Yes. So there may be minor improvements there that we've had an influence there. So we can <laughs> we can claim credit for all the awards, shall <laughs> so, we? But, so that those those minor minor amendments, if Paul actually included them. They, they, they just inched it over the line for the win. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's Excellent. exactly okay. it. Because <laughs> the judges looked at that very carefully and they said, oh, that would have been terrible if that thing hadn't changed. Not that I can remember any of the changes that we suggested or indeed actually whether we actually suggested any well, changes I, I at all. Because I, <laughs> I haven't played it yet. So uh, um, I think I said, oh, no, it's not really my thing. But all of you lot yeah. were a lot more interested in it than I was. But no, great yes. congratulations. But to congratulations to Paul, to Paul. and Phil um, for uh, a very well-earned, well-deserved award. Um, yeah, well done. Congratulations. And I also want to say congratulations to... Have we, have we um, actually said yet what our game that won the People's Choice Award I, was? I, I don't, don't know we that we have, because no. I kept telling you what did we actually win, Dave, and you just talked over me and well, went no, on talking about how proud you were. You just said that we won the People's Award... But we didn't win the other one. But you never actually said what game it was for. So I was waiting for you I, to say it. Seeing you did actually right. insist that you went and collected that one. Which is fine. Don't, so, our so, our so, listeners love this banter. This so, this is almost as unscripted as the banter we had in the previous recording. But it all is as unscripted. Yes, the nobody, man behind the curtain is revealed. That, nobody would guess that this is unscripted now, would they? You know, this is no, just no. seems like a comedy show. This is just we, so smooth. We are little and large, or we are Morecambe and Wise. This is just... So you know, Alien Destroyer of Worlds won the best yeah, uh, role-playing adventure. I said that earlier. Yeah, did you? Did I you did. really, though? Did, did you make it clear? I did say And Verson... See, you're talking over me again. And Verson <laughs> won... you over me the whole time. I can see we're all quite tired still from the weekend. <laughs> it's lucky that we're not actually in each other's presence right now because that yeah. might have been one step too far. We did talk about on the way home yesterday how much, how long would we have to be together in that kind of environment <laughs> with that kind of banter before one of us was dead. by the time one of us was taking it seriously but Verson won the People's Choice Award for Best Role Playing Game as you will have seen from all the social media and I'm sure from Free League ourselves and you may well have seen photographs of uh, uh, Dave and I holding said certificates Um, so yeah that's the certificates and trophy of course in the case of uh, uh, the Destroyer of Worlds because that's the Judges Award and that gets a nice bit of perspex that they carve beforehand as opposed to the uh, printout which is arranged within an hour between the voting stopping and... um, and and the award being given. But actually, I think, have you still got that piece of paper they gave us with the list on? Just because they warn you. It's not a surprise. We weren't in the audience going, oh my God, we've won. They warn us about an hour beforehand yeah. when, when, when the totes tallied up. Have you got that bit of paper still? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, in, my, in my clear out, I haven't got home. It's gone in the bin. Oh, you see, in a way, I kind of like that more than the certificate because that's how we first heard. Yeah, true. Anyway, true. enough I, talking I would, about... Well, no, one, one last thing I'm going to say there is uh, that's a wonderfully well-deserved award for Verson because it is such a good game. And having yeah. having spent this weekend doing nothing but talking to people about 
all the free league games. It's just really reminded me, actually, how good Versen is and how much I've really enjoyed playing it and, and yeah. what a wonderful role-playing game it is. Um, a real, you know, obviously, Desanction um, must be good if it's edged Versen out of that judge's spot. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a brilliant game. Brilliant, yes. So congratulations to all the creators involved. And I also want to give a special congratulations to Osprey, who uh-huh. won at the event... But did win a lot of awards for a lot of things. Not the best role-playing game. They were up against us with their Jackals role-playing game. But they did win a lot of other awards. And I just want to give a shout-out to uh, uh, Theodore from uh, Magic Madhouse, who had to go and collect their awards. And <laughs> to begin with, I'm sure it was a, a special treat like it felt for us. But uh, by the end of it, he must have been pretty tired with going up there to collect all those awards. Yeah, so, I mean, that was brilliant. So it's my, it my, my first experience of that. Um, so, yeah, great. Uh, um, what, what else? What other, what other sort of reminiscences have you got or, or thoughts about that last day that we... We didn't talk about before. Well, I have to say that last day was a little bit quieter than, than uh, the previous days. Um, I, I seriously wonder whether people who'd uh, booked a three-day ticket for 2020, which didn't happen, and they got an automatic rollover for 2021, whether they possibly came without any intention of, of doing of all three days. three days. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Um, uh, you know, because uh, of safety and because of the general disruption of the whole thing, I do feel I I want to actually give a shout out to the directors of UK Games Expo because you know they it worked, they did it, and so mm. far you and I at least have not got COVID, which no, is a win. I, I was thinking exactly the same. I just like you said, I just want to give a shout out for a really well organised uh, event. Uh, as they said at the awards ceremony, it's the first one in the world to be held since the pandemic kicked off. It was obviously a bit smaller than before, but there was still an excellent uh, number of people coming through. And, you know, on the whole, certainly in the trade hall, the um, the restrictions were being adhered to. It didn't feel uncomfortable. Uh, I think maybe um, sitting around a table playing a game, there might it might have been slightly more... Um, variable but I never, Cozy. I never did that because we didn't have the time for that but to me it felt really good everybody was very respectful and um, it was it was yeah a very well run thing um, I would like to say also that um, you know one of the key things that I really enjoy about these conventions and I'm not sure whether we spoke about it when we were there is just meeting new people and chatting to to wonderful, lovely people who've all got interest in the same or very similar things to us. And there were two or three groups who sort of came by every day and we had a little chat with them. And it was it was really nice to have a chance to chat to these, you know, some of these people. Such lovely, lovely people. It's um mm. this community is a great community to be uh, to be a part of on the whole. Obviously there are there are there are some exceptions to that, but pretty rare and I think compared to the average of the And pop, we didn't average, meet average any exceptions. Pop. Let's be really clear. We didn't meet any exceptions. No, no, that, we didn't uh, we UK didn't Games meet Expo. any exceptions at all. But there are some obvi- there are some, yeah. you know, anecdotal you know exceptions out there. Uh, but I think, mm. you know, it, taking taking the average of the population, those exceptions are much higher <laughs> in across the populate population than they are in the community of uh, of gamers. I, I guess I'm not telling anybody yeah. anything that they don't know. But it's just it's just really reaffirmed at an event like this 
where you get to meet some people who I really hope I get to meet again at future conventions. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's perhaps the best bit of the whole thing for me. Even, yes, even putting absolutely. aside the award, which is fabulous. Um, and- <laughs> <clears throat> um, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to jinx this, but, you know, we, we were there not as the Effect podcast, but as, well, we, we were there as the Effect podcast whenever you could snatch a moment to be the Effect podcast, but we were there on the Free League dollar and we were uh, there as Free League and well, being are, paid by we, Free League yeah, to be we there. We are part of Team Free League, so I think, you know, yeah, yeah. We, should, we, should stop, yeah. we should stop like sort of shilly-shallying around the language there. <laughs> we are part of the no, team. But what I, what I wanted to what I wanted to bring up is we were paid to do this and there, <laughs> this has got to be one of the most marvellous jobs in the world because we all like talking about the games we love. We started a podcast to talk about the games we love and here we were being paid to have all these conversations with all these wonderful people. People. that's great that that is great i mean there is the added obligation of of you know selling stuff to them as part selling of that. some stuff but, but we we did but pretty good at that i think i, I think we? we did really well i mean we had, we had we had excellent sales over the weekend and um you know the, the last thing i was just going to add there was talking to people about the games is kind of automatically trying to convince them to like them so yeah, it's, it's exactly. kind of doing yeah, a sales absolutely. job anyway. But, you know, if I'd be quite happy for it to be a while before I say, yes, and then if you push again, you get another stress dice and another stress <laughs> dice and another stress <laughs> dice. And when you get four or five stress dice, if I've said that once this weekend, I've said it about a million times. But that's fine. Well, that's fine. I could keep on saying it, actually. I, I just love saying that sort of stuff. <laughs> and you're right. You know, um, uh, we are... Um, genuinely enthusiastic about all these games i i fear for the day when free league produce a game that we're not so keen on um <laughs> and, and and we have to try and sell that uh but you know even poor old simba room who we give a hard time to on the podcast because of their linear uh 1d20 probability uh, even poor old Simba Room we're really enthusiastic about because of the setting and the lovely well, multi well, artwork. Simba Room a hard time. I mean, I, I prefer oh. a dice pool, but I, the, the Simba Room um, basic dynamic, uh, you know, with 1d20, but your know, target number is really simple. You don't have to look up any charts or any tables to work out what you need to hit and all the rest of it. Um, yeah. That actually no, that's, is really I, good. That's that... really simple. The only thing you don't like about it is that you don't like rolling one dice for your for your attempt to succeed at something. You're right. So let's let's You're be, right. let's be fair there because we we don't give it a hard time because it is such a good game. But I think yes, just, it is. We, yeah. We've we we love the dice pool so much now in recent in recent years. We've grown to love it so much that yeah, rolling one dice. For I your, your I, I, I want to take issue with you though. Good. There are things you don't like either. Like you don't like it's a player player facing system and the players roll all the dice. Although that is the thing I really love about it. Uh, don't like I say. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, no, it's not that I don't like it for that. I, I, I as a GM, just quite like rolling dice as well. <laughs> well I can I, understand you know, that. And I think that, that obviously in Simba Room, you know, the, the GM is cast much more in that storyteller role. Whereas, um, as you keep saying, the GM is a player too. So actually, you <laughs> should, a player, you should get should, to roll the dice. <laughs> you shouldn't like a player-facing game so much because the, play, the GM is then more of just your storyteller and your narrator rather than a player. Right, we're getting into philosophy here. The, the, uh, well, don't say that just when I've proved you wrong, mate. 
No, well, obviously, on. I'm doing it exactly when you pulled me wrong. And it, what what I thought was interesting to see as a stand there was uh, the stand from uh, Christchurch University in um, or Christchurch College. I can't remember. In um, oh God, where's the town? Uh, Canterbury, Christchurch, Canterbury, uh, which is a university that's got a BA course in game design. It was nice to see the academic philosophy and where this sort of subject can be discussed uh, for three years as part of a, a degree <laughs> course. Um, so it, they, they were there and it's nice to see some of the stuff they've produced um, coming onto the market as well. Yeah. So that was pleasant. What else? I Things think, we haven't mentioned. I think the, the, probably the last thing I want to say, and we, I don't think we often do this and maybe they don't get the credit they deserve but actually i thought games quest did a very good job for us this weekend and yeah um you may have a different view i mean you dealt with them slightly more than i did but um yeah i mean we got there and all our stock was in the right place everything we needed was in the right place when we needed help it, you know it was all there there was no no dramas about anything they were quite forward in making sure we had what we needed and everything was fine so I, I, I just, you know, a little shout out maybe for a job that is is definitely in the background, um, but a job well done that made made our lives much easier. Yeah, I'd like to give Games Quest a shout out because I've I've felt a little bad for them ever since the Kickstarter for Forbidden Lands uh, was somewhat delayed. First of all, in yeah. production, so it arrived at Games Quest a little bit late, and then. Games Quest had like three or four big Kickstarters that they were dealing with at the same time. So then a number of fans were waiting for what felt to them like a, too long for their um, box set of Forbidden Lands. And there was quite a lot of vitriol directed towards Games Quest. Um, uh, and Slightly I felt then yeah. that, you know, that uh, this is a company that's dealing with a lot of things and its logistics had to work quite well. But actually, you're right. Seeing them work here at this event, which isn't the same as, if you like, their day job, and actually is a relatively rare event and they haven't done it for two years because yeah. nobody's done this <clears> for two years. The, you know, the organisation and the logistics behind their operation was a wonder to behold. And, mm. you know, we were a complicating factor in that because we were another shop relying on them, not just to bring us our stock, but to, to give us the ability to actually take money and, um, you know, either cards or cash and, and 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 to account for the stock and to know what we've sold and all that sort of stuff and you know we we were uh, we were a fly in the ointment of their organization for uh, mm. a large part and yeah. it went really smoothly so yeah big shout out particularly to matt who is our main contact and, and steph Steph, really, thank you. Really, I was just really forgetting helpful. her name. Yeah, she was. So when we were well. packing it all up, she was there, help, you know, help, you know, telling us how to organise the pallet of you know unsold stock and what what we need to do with the paperwork and things like that. Marvelous company, Games Quest. You know, and I wonder. I said before that I wondered whether we should, um, I should we should try and arrange an interview with them and talk about the logistics of these Kickstarter mm. um, yeah, fulfilment that's, things. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. The other, and, the, other uh, the other, the other shout out I want to do is for all the people back in Sweden, uh, part of Free League, who did all the backroom stuff for us. Anna, Anna Westerling, and Boel, and obviously Thomas giving us sort of uh, 
guidance about what we could and couldn't do during the convention in terms of discounts and yeah. selling stuff and retail sales. Just as a huge thank you to all of them because without the hard work that they put in, um, our, you know, to enable us to have a, uh, a trouble-free convention, it could have been really difficult and painful. The only thing we yeah. had any trouble with was actually getting in at the start and we had to faff about for an hour but then, oh yes, uh, to get the car in. <laughs> yeah, but then that's the you know, that wasn't a biggie. It just took an hour. Well, <clears throat> this whole stupid thing that with it was we had to use an app. Um, you couldn't get the app to work on your phone, and then we couldn't get. Right, the app, we couldn't get uh, that app, app does not work at all. IPad. That was after. <laughs> that was after we had been sent more than once to find car park s2 and car park s2 doesn't fucking exist as far as i can tell <laughs> um so in the end the we family did it. show family show day sorry sorry but it was quite frustrating it flipping doesn't but, exist <laughs> but in the end in the end what happened was they the guy said oh all right i'll write one out for you and it took him 15 seconds and why didn't he do that at the start <laughs> For God's sake, we've been faffing about for bloody ages. He had to write a little form that said, this car's allowed in for this time. Oh, anyway, that was the only snafu in the whole thing. Everything else went brilliantly well. So thank you so much to Anna, Bowl, and everybody back at Free League in Stockholm. Um, yes. For all your support for this. Uh, so Anna and Thomas and Bolt and everybody who supported us, who, of course, were doing this on their weekend, and not just on their and weekend, on their holiday. during their holidays <laughs> yeah, yeah, as well. Exactly. Yes. And actually, I'm going to, now you've slagged them off, I'm going to give a shout out to the NEC and the system behind that as well. Yes. This was the first time they've been open for two years, or or however long it is now, that this this car parking system was, it's probably the first time they've used it. It's got its faults. We've uncovered some of its faults. (laughs) And hopefully they know what its faults are now. (laughs) So that's good. Yes, we had to spend some time desperately trying to get into this booking system and in the end failing. But, you know, that's all grist to the mill. And uh, next time, I'm sure it will be better. And next time has already been announced. Did you spot that? Uh, Yeah, beginning of June, isn't it? Next year. Yeah. Beginning of June. Not sure the exact dates off the top of my head, but I think 3rd of June rings a bell from what John was Uh, saying. I will try and find a link to it to put in the show notes, but it does strike me as absolutely the first weekend of June. Yeah. Very early days, like 2nd to um, 5th or first to fourth or something like that but uh yeah and i think we'll be there and and maybe we'll be joined by some swedes because i know anna des- definitely wants to come and cool. um experience it she thinks it's um uh, one of the best shows around so um yeah yeah so brilliant um finally then go right. on then yeah. did we did uh when we got home is there anything we want to talk about the swag we brought home and our swag is relatively small i think yeah. i got a couple of go on dice i'm gonna say i wanted to give a shout out to uh uh our patrons phil who gave me a couple of his dark orb dice and to neil who we've already heard before who gave me a very nice uh dragon coin uh and apart yeah, from buying I mean, so, so i got a dice from phil thank you very much but neil Come on, mate. What's this? You're giving, you're Where's Dave's giving, coin? You're secretly giving Matt the present and not me. What's what's all this about? Hey, I thought I you know I I yeah I used I yeah okay all right. <laughs> um, uh, and I can't mm. even remember when Neil gave it to me. I'd like to say he gave it to me when I was interviewing him for probably uh, what, yeah, but I don't think it helps then. I can't remember at all. Anyway, um, I'm not offended don't... much, Neil. 
<laughs> Don't feel bad, Neil. I'm going to go and cancel um, my cancel my pledge for your Kickstarter now. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Not that I'm bitter and vindictive or anything. Yes. Uh, uh, the other, the only other bit of swag I got is we we wanted to kind of uh, practice the um, the till system, and so I bought a copy of something I already have on PDF, which is the Mortball for it. Ferratory. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, do you get anything? Uh, well, you know full well what I got. So I, I did. I sold you Mortball, didn't I? I, Merc I finally Boyer. decided to get a copy of uh, Merc Boyer, or well, it's not Merc Boyer because we came home last night, and before you drove off in your car, we talked. <laughs> we to had my another wife about it, and I said, you know, I said, yeah, we were pronouncing it Merc Boyer. And she went, it's not Merc Boyer. It's something else. It's, ah, it's, it's Merc Boyer. Yeah, well, as I said, you need to be able to roll your R's like a Swede does. And although yes. Tom had a very good go at it, actually, it sounded like he was doing it properly. I can't. Yeah. There's two ways of rolling your R's. And if you certainly for me, I can do it one way. I can't do it very well that way. But there's a definite kind of mechanism in your mouth to roll an R like a Swede does. And I can't do it. Tom's a young man. His mouth has not been fully formed around the English language yet. So he's more flexible with the Swedish pronunciation. So anyway, so that's what I'm going with. Yeah. So anyway, I got, I got Morkborg, uh, just literally just this second, taking the packaging off. And it is a lovely little book. I also, though, um, was tempted and bought the Simbarum Game Master's Guide. So I never backed that ah, back yes. in the day. And I'd always thought it'd be interesting just to, just to read through um Matthias and Matthias's advice on on GM style and GM um you know adventure creation and all the rest of it so I thought yeah why not why not I'll get that I I did very nearly although I didn't actually buy it very nearly bought the aliens another glorious day in the core board game the board game and yeah. the, the only thing that put me off was having to put the minis together myself <laughs> that was the thing that tipped me into going ah uh, okay i won't bother otherwise i've been i've been on the verge of buying that game at least twice if not three times and i'm sure me and the, me and the boys here would, would really enjoy it um if i got it i don't want to have to faff about too much putting things together if the minis had been if only they made it with cardboard counters or if the minis had been in you know complete when when you get them like they like they are in nemesis uh yeah. I'd, I'd have i would have bought it so that tiny thing, uh, you know, that put me off. So yeah, but um, yeah. So that was a, so we had some nice. We had a few bits, uh, a few freebies dropped off by by a couple of people. Haven't had a chance to look at them yet, but um, we could perhaps have a chat about that in the next podcast or two, once we've done that. But no, um, a pretty light, a light spending, um, a light spending convention for me, frankly. Yeah, yeah. I didn't only have time to go shopping, but I had a bit of swag waiting for me when I came home. So did I. So my bit of swag, uh, and it's another shout out, uh, thank you to another patron, and that's Thomas Bolton. I just happened to mention in passing, uh, when they asked me on the Band of Badgers Twitch stream that I was on the week before, uh, and they asked, what, what, what was I hoping to buy at UK Games Expo? And... I said uh, I didn't really have anything uh, particularly planned, but but I uh, I'm always on the lookout for a hardback copy of the Warren, which I'd backed, but only in in, in Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. And when I came back, waiting for me was a hardback copy of the Warren, which only came out during the Kickstarter, and um, and uh, and Thomas had sourced a pristine 
mint condition copy nice. in North Carolina. Thomas, let us remind our audience, <laughs> lives in Australia. In Canberra. Yeah. So this is a truly global bit of gift giving here. <laughs> and he bought it and had it sent all the way over here. Uh, so thank you. Thank you so much, Thomas, yeah, for a game nice. I love. And we will have to, now that Thomas has done that, we're going to have to do a game uh, well, on the stream. You so are obliged. Yeah, in the, in, the, in the strongest sense of that word, mate, you are now obliged to run a game of that. And so what game. did... Uh, uh, you said you had something waiting on your doorstep? Yeah, when I got back, there was a little box with my copy of uh, Modifius's Fallout role-playing game, which mm -hmm. um, everybody knows what I think about the 2D20 system. I, I think it, in of itself, it's it's fine. It has some really good bits. Uh, some of it isn't, isn't great, but that doesn't stop me buying their games when it's a IP <laughs> Obviously I, not. I really like, like Dune or Fallout. And actually, I haven't had a chance to look through the book yet, but there's a couple of things I just wanted to mention um, that I, I really like, having opened up my, my, my box and, and looked at some of my goodies. First and foremost, they provide you with something that, certainly in my experience, games haven't provided for a long time. Um, I'm sure there are some exceptions, but not that I've come across. And they provide you with a pad of lovely, well-produced, thick-papered, colour character sheets. Character sheets. And it's lovely. Ooh. It's a lovely-looking character sheet. Um, and there's loads of them. I've got, I don't know how many in the pad. There must be at least 30 or 40. Um, mm. Lovely. So that's a real plus. I like that straight away. Then I had a little look, and I uh, you get like a what they call a GM's toolkit, which is a yeah a soft a soft back sort of quite a thick pamphlet actually, but it's it's got all the tables you need, and there are quite a lot of tables actually. So it'll be interesting to see how the rules <laughs> use them all, um, and a bit of information and stuff. So it's kind of a GM's reference guide, so you haven't got to go through your hardback copy book the whole time. I think. So that's that's quite a nice little touch, um, and finally, finally, um, you get a map, a nice big fold-out map, um, and on the one side, you've got a map that covers like the Boston city skyline, and that covers areas like Diamond City, um, the Cambridge Police Station, uh, Old North Church, places that you'll be familiar with if you've played the games. Um, I think right. they, they yeah. certainly Diamond City is in um, in the in the video game. <clears throat> On the other side of that, yeah, you, you had something, and I thought this looks like Forbidden Lands. Mm. In principle, so it's a big map of the local area, and it's got on it printed um, uh, locations, and these are locations. Some of them are obvious, specific locations, like Diamond City, for example. Others yep. are are just things like. Um, you know, the area is radioactive or there is a uh, an office there or a museum there. And, mm. and obviously this will help you and your players do a bit of an exploration game with this. I, I, I immediately thought, because these locations are printed on the map, I immediately thought they've missed a trick here. What they should have done was done stickers. stickers. Like, um, mm. like, like, like Forbidden Lands. But I do wonder, actually, with this being an IP they might have been forced to have these things in the locations that players might from, be in of the video location. game mm. are familiar with. But but I, mm. I like it. I think it's really good. I mean, I've played all these games on online, on, on computer, and it, 
they are brilliant. And you do. I mean, I do run around in those games specifically exploring to, just to try and find a bunch of locations that I won't go and explore straight away. I'll just have their icon on the map so I can go there later when I'm ready. Um, mm. And and this is, yeah, it's really nice. So this is like big, that. So I've got sort of three thumbs up there straight away for um, for Fallout. It also looks lovely. Uh but um, I shall read the rules and maybe have a chat about it, um, you know, in the next podcast or the podcast after. And, um, yeah, do a, do a little, uh, not a review, but do a, just a little, you know, here are my impressions of, of Fallout. But I think, um, yeah, Friend. my initial impression, having opened the box and got those things out, was very, very positive. It's, it's very good. Well done, Midifius. That's, that's a, it's a good bit of work, I think. Terrific. And uh, finally... Um... I had a pleasant surprise as well this morning because when I woke up, we have a new patron. Yay! Excellent. Not really, can't count that as swag. So I think that's the information you were referring to, Dave. It was. Uh, so um, welcome, uh, welcome, Bobby Ellis. Welcome, Bobby. Uh, who, now, um, Bobby hasn't, uh, last time I looked in the Discord, joined the Discord, but he had left a message on the Patreon saying, how do you join the Discord? And I just want to say to to everybody who might be uh, thinking of um, joining our little community, um, if you already have a Discord uh, username from any other server, all you need to do is stick that in your Patreon profile and then the Patreon Discord bot does everything automatically for you. Um, nice. I'm not entirely sure whether if you if you if you've not been on discord before whether you need to get an invite now i don't think you need to get an invite but i think what you need to do is set up a patreon profile and uh, so yeah a discord username and then stick that in your patreon profile but uh, we look forward to welcoming you to the uh, discord bobby Hello. it'll be a real pleasure to have people who are, want to be actively involved in the community yeah that's great so uh, just one other thing there i mean if if you have any trouble connecting to that or working out how to do it Drop us a line at the um, yeah. feedback at effectpodcast.org. And, um, well, Matthew, oh, indeed, the Patreon Matthew, site. Yeah, well, Matthew is the IT services um, uh, manager for us, so he will fix it for you. <laughs> Thank you for making promises <laughs> I, I can't necessarily keep, but we, <laughs> we will if, try, if there is a problem, least. we will strive try to solve enough. that problem. Yes. Definitely, because we love people on Discord. Yeah, they are. Great. You know, yeah. that's the life and soul of the podcast. Anyway, and we, well, we love all our listeners. All our listeners are the life and soul of the podcast. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> this, though, brings us to the end of this it week's does, late yeah. episode. Indeed. And I know what we're doing next week, and it isn't an extensive review of Fallout RPG. Can you remember, Dave? Oh yeah, we, we're we're talking uh, about Blood March. Uh, yes, we have an um, interview with Eric Granstrom. Granstrom, yeah. We did. Uh, and um, it's not yet, uh, at the time of recording, there is no Kickstarter for the Book of Beasts and Blood March, but I think it's, by it's the time... For us, it's starting tomorrow. So 3rd of, yeah. 3rd of August is the launch date, uh, unless anything would delay that. But I know that Bowel is um, is working on getting that kicked off uh, she's working on it today so yeah look for that by the time you're hearing this podcast it should be up and running so go and back it brilliant and we will return in a it, with a with an interview in slightly under two weeks just under two weeks cool 
So, brilliant. Well, that's, uh, that's enough of uh, UK Games Expo for this year. Can't wait for next year. Can't wait for Dragon Meet in December, which I'll be at. Um, but until next time, it's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from me. And may the icons bless your adventures. You have been listening to The Effect Podcast, presented by Fiction Suit and the RPG Gods. Music, stars on a black sea, used with permission of Free League Publishing. <laughs>